This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Uh, this week we're looking at headphones, which is kind of topical after last week's interview with Daniel Richards, who wears the Biodynamic DT100 or 150 or whatever it is, but the uh, large Abbey Road kind of headphones, which you only really see in Britain. Having said that, I am wearing something a bit similar, the Extreme Isolation headphones. Yes, because you're deaf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We made you wear those. <laughs> you did, yes, right. The little bleeder, the little Aussie bleeder. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Indeed. Your, your, your head has gotten smaller, right? Sounds a little bit narrower. Well, no, it's not as wide as it used to be, but much longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, we also mentioned a couple of other headphones last week, and one is a pair of um, my K141 AKGs that are about to have their 40th birthday wow. and still going strong. That's pretty good. So, George, what headphones do you recommend to people? Uh, generally, the, the number one go-to for me in the last year or two are made by Audio-Technica. They make one called the ATH-M40X. And I recommend that one because it's the closest in price to the venerable Sony MDR7506 headphones that are so common. I just prefer their sound a lot more to the Sonys. Um, and I've seen that they do have quite a following um, in terms of just popularity that kind of bridges from like personal listening, you know, MP3s, phone connection to studio use. Um, there's very few headphones that actually have done that, and those do it. Um, I've seen them being used in recording studios for band monitoring. I've seen them used in a in a lab at Grace Design where they do the testing and calibration of their mic preamps. So I figure, hey, man, if they're using them, they must be good. So, you know, about 100 US. Um, they're fantastic. They're well-made. They sound good. They have multiple cables. They have a short one for a phone, long coily for a studio. They're really great. I, I want to ask a question in here, AP, that I've always pondered for a long time, since I've almost since I've been an audio engineer. Um, I understand that as a voiceover artist, you want to hear pops and all the little nuances that may come from reading a script. But why reach for the top of the rack when it comes to headphones? Why not just reach for something that's going to give you the result that you want, as in hear pops and clicks and nuances, but not pay a fortune? Because I think you got to pay about that $100 mark to really get into the right place on headphones. I think they drop off quickly when you start getting into that $50 zone. There, there, there is a, a, a difference in the sound. Like, like we tried some AKGs that were in like the $40 range and supposedly like on paper just as good as the 7506s. And you put them up and you're just like, yeah, this doesn't sound as good. And like there's, there definitely is a difference even like, you know, the sort of you get what you pay for thing. I, I have had a chance to like kind of run all the way down the line of Audio Technicas in their booth, you know, and there's a very small difference from the bottom to the mid range price range. So they have like a 20, a 30, a 40, and a 50, and a 60. I just found the 40 to be the perfect sweet spot in terms of price. The 50 was like just an upgraded build of the 40. So leather ear pads, leather headband you know, higher quality material, but sounded the same. And at the low end, the 20s for like 50, even at $50 were still quite usable. They just felt cheap. They just weren't built as well. So Audio-Technica seemed to break the mold a bit on that. I, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. But uh, I just tell people buy headphones that are comfortable, that they don't mind wearing for long periods of time. 
and that are reasonably sound isolating, not too open, because they need to be able to really hear what's going on and not background noise from the rest of their apartment. And also block the sound from like the external, you know, the return of the remote connection. Um, right. I, I've got a pair of audio technicas. I have to see the exact model, but I do find that there's a huge impedance difference between those and the 7506s. And so certainly in like some studio situations where you're splitting headphones off, just out of necessity, they, they kind of clash or you get one guy who's loud and the other guy who's soft because of the, like, I'm not sure they're in the same impedance range as at least those Sonys, but maybe, maybe the Sonys are the odd one as far as that goes. I'm not sure. My experience is I, I definitely have a lot of mileage with the 7506s and like those just because they sort of, they're expensive, but they're not horrible. They sound good. They sound very good, but they're hyped. And sometimes that's okay from that. Just like, I just want to listen to stuff and enjoy it. You definitely have that hyped up sound. And then they, I find that they isolate fairly well. They're, they're closed and they do keep out the outside, the like leak. So, so a lot of mileage with those. The problem is it's a fixed cable. When something breaks, they're basically shot usually, or they're a pain in the butt. Um, And so for the more durable, like kind of studio headphones, I've often used the Fostex um, RP20s, I think. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yeah. They don't sound great. They don't sound horrible at all. They're just like right in there. They get loud. They take lots of volume, which is good for like, you know, music stuff. And like every piece is replaceable on them. You can buy the whole headphone in pieces probably. Yeah, which is really handy. Yeah. Yeah. That, my equivalent of those would be the DT770s. Well, the DT770s are pretty pricey, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you can find them U.S. sometimes as low as maybe 140 150 But yeah, they're a bit more expensive. But you know, they, they definitely are built to a much higher tolerance yep. of studio abuse. I've never broken a cable on one. The headband's aluminum. Um, they're, they're, everything's replaceable. You can replace the head, the ear cups, the ear pads. They're pretty bomb-proof headphones. But I have killed them. I, I think the same might go for the whole DT series. I know that the DT one hundreds are also like modular, so they can be fixed up. The cable isn't fixed onto them, which is probably the biggest one. You know. Yeah. I've also got um, some friends of mine have in, in the studio a pair of the Shures. I, I have to again get the exact model, but those are really nice. They they seem to be a lot like the seventy five oh sixes, but just beefier. Um, more room in there for your ear. Actually, like the pad is thicker, so your ear doesn't get crushed. Right. And they sound really good, but I don't know the price zone. But like, sure, a couple of years ago, got in the headphone game, and they yeah, they 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 didn't mess around. They had the two forty, the four forty, the eight forty. Like they they sort of step up in number and they go up in price. Obviously, I think the sweet spot is like the four forties or something like I that. I think it's also what you're using the headphones for. If you're right, the voice voice talent, then you're not really. It's not that critical that you're going to get accurate sound, but you just want to hear things like pops and bits and pieces like that. But uh, but you do want something that's going to be comfortable because you could be wearing them for you know an hour or two at a time without taking them off. Yeah. Um, but if you're an audio engineer, you want something that's going to be accurate you probably want an open back headphone would that be right if you're if you're engineering and actually audio technica just came out with a uh open back the r yeah, it's called 70 the 70s yeah yeah the set they're awesome by the way i tried them i was blown away i thought they sounded amazing and they are super comfortable super comfortable so 
Sorry, we're cutting off uh, Robbo. Go Robbo. No, I was just going to ask Robert how often he mixes in headphones because I, I don't think I ever have except for at, like outside broadcasts and things like that. Yeah, I um, like out of necessity only. It's probably more about being used to it, but I just don't mix the same in headphones. I usually end up putting the voice down lower than necessary because things are just more clear. Um, but that said, there is that Waves plugin that like lets you listen on headphones, but has some cross-channel, you know, feed, and, and it's supposed to be like not having headphones on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. I know the one you're talking about, and I can't think of it. Yeah, it's the Waves NX. Have you tried that? Out of interest? I have. <clears throat> I've not really fully tried it, but I do have a friend who's got the head tracker, but I'm not too sure if he tried it either. <laughs> so I think it's oh, in okay. that theoretical zone. Um, yeah. I think also Focusrite tried to come out with a system where you could virtually mix in like other people's rooms. Like it, would, it was the whole speaker system that was sort of, I guess, with an impulse response kind of emulated. Yeah. Actually, I bought that thing because it was so cheap. It was like a little USB headphone app. It was under a hundred bucks. And I think you were, I think it's the same thing you're talking about. And uh, I had a plug-in and it would emulate, you know, different size monitoring rooms. So it would give you that effect of being in a monitoring room, but I thought the effect was a little bit too heavy handed. Um, I know SPL makes headphone monitoring systems with the ability to control the cross, what they call it, the crosstalk, uh, which is sort of like mixing a little bit of the left into the right. So it's a little bit more like listening to real speak, you know, speakers. Um, you know, the problem with headphones is everything on the left is only in the left. Everything on the right is only in the right with headphones. So you're going to mix stereo things quite differently in headphones than speakers. So that's, that's something they have to work around. Yeah, but it's not only the crosstalk, but it's also putting the crosstalk in there with a little bit of time delay. Because that speaker's info is traveling farther to your other ear across the room. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. What about if you're, um, like, the difference between working, say, in your studio at home as opposed to working in a hotel room? To me, you want you will want something very accurate if you're working remotely, just so you can hear if there is anything weird happening with the recording you're doing. You would you would need headphones for working in a in a hotel room or something like that, just to have something that's definitely full range. I mean, headphones are going to give you a better idea of the bass than probably anything you can reasonably carry around with you. I I did a job uh, towards the end of last year. I had to go down to Melbourne for a few days and record um, some podcasts for a client and they needed them mixed there and then. They were doing a big convention in Melbourne and uh, they had guest speakers from all over the world and they wanted those guest speakers recorded and turned into a podcast and pumped out pretty much the same day that the, the guest speaker had been on stage. And I was obviously mixing in headphones and I was using my old um, KRKs, KMS 6400, for those who are keeping notes. Um, and uh, it's interesting. I mean, I thought they sounded great in the headphones and, that, and they did. Uh, and, but I brought them home, the mixers home, and, and put them up in the studio and there was nothing wrong with them, but there were certainly things you hear and you go, yeah, okay. Like, like you said, Robert, I think where you place the voice in the mix in headphones compared to where you would do it in the studio is completely different. That's the biggest difference I notice when I mix in headphones is yeah, I, it's as hard to... You hear things too well in the headphones. Yes. So you're... you're you, sorry about that. <laughs> My dog. <laughs> it sounds um, like those chattering teeth yeah, you buy. Yeah. 
I did oh. actually buy when I was um, one of the early trips when I was in New York and I needed some headphones and I didn't like carrying big headphones around with me. So I wandered up to B&H and bought a pair of Kos Porter uh, Pro stereo headphones, which are those 1980s kind of Walkman headphones, um, which are pretty good, but I didn't cut it at all. You know, there's there's the other extreme. There's the stacks. We've all talked about those before. Yeah. I, I, I still want a pair of head speakers. Yes, yeah, sell your house. Yeah. And, have a <laughs> and work on your neck muscles. But like, like the, the other thing I think is like if you're really going for isolation, honestly, I think the best ones are you know, like not Apple AirPods, but the earbuds that have either the foamy or the rubbery kind of surround that kind of like you know, mm-hmm. fit in your ear with a seal. And and those by far have the best isolation out of any other, like, I don't care how closed back your headphones are. They're just way farther away from your eardrum than those earbuds. So you're naturally pushing less volume, except in the case of AP. And then... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd never get enough volume. What? what? It's right. Never. What? Huh? What did he what? say? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And then that seal really does keep the sound out. And they, they if you're going for isolation, I mean, the only thing you could do better is maybe put on those earbuds and then unplug a pair of 7506s and throw those on on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually did buy some. I bought some Sennheiser earbuds, um, the same kind of thing you're talking about, and they, they, were, they were good. But I always find, I don't know whether it's the, the shape of the, my ear hole, but I always find those earbuds keep falling out. Like they usually give it to you with like different surrounds that you can fit on there to do you know try different. Um, I mean, like you you can also get custom made. Um, Shure makes a set like they're basically the same system for their on stage monitors, but you can get custom made molds and then pop in the driver, and then you got amazing you know isolation. Does, basically, doesn't get better than that. I've tried so many kinds of in ear monitors, and I just can't get comfortable with something in my ear for too long no matter what i've tried custom molds i've tried foam uh, inserts i've tried the silicone ones and even i've had some decent ones with triple drivers and armature drivers and all kinds of fancy stuff but uh, no matter how good they sound they just don't sound as good to me as a even a hundred dollar pair of headphones you know you have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get in ears to sound as good as hundred dollar headphones they just never feel as good on my in my ears so for me it's a just not happening is it is it feel or sound because i've heard some people say that the in-ears have really great drivers like the i don't know what it is for me headphones with too much mid upper mid or mid-range cut to me is just way too far forward and i can't stand them um some headphones. It's probably that, why you don't like those Sony's. Those Sony's have definitely a high end swing. Yeah, they hurt your ears after you wear them for long periods of time too, don't you find? Like ear fatigue is. What I do. I mean. Yeah. Physically hurt, hurt your ears. I do. A lot of my clients have told me that too. Yeah, that they they run them too loud for too long. I mean, I have clients who are almost deaf in one ear because they've had that on their right ear for twenty years doing voiceovers. You know, so. It's somewhat the mic, somewhat the frequency response of the headphones. Obviously, it's how loud you run them, but got to be careful with that with headphones. Always very, very careful. I'm totally outside the mold today, where I'm using Bluetooth headphones. Um, I have these Sennheiser HD 4.50 BTNC. That's the model number, which stands for Bluetooth Noise Canceling, and they're definitely for consumer use. 
But when you plug them in with the included cable, um, their sound quality to me stacks up really favorably with a lot of the other stuff in that price range, you know, like the Audio Technicas. So I can plug these in and take them with me on the road and have something I can use for editing and listening to voice tracks and then also use on the plane in one headphone. So pretty happy. Yeah. I have to say, like the whole Sennheiser range, you can't discount like the 280s. And I mean, there's some of their stuff's more expensive, but. They make some really good sounding headphones, probably on the flatter, less hyped up side. You know, yeah. Um, they're just they they cost a bit more, and and then you start going, well, yeah. I just get a pair of Grados or something. Or the T the two eighties, I just tried to like, and they are too tight on my head, and they're too dark. So yeah, I I think that's part of them being a little bit more flat and not hyped up. Right. The headphones I actually do love, and I use them. Um, when I'm doing a long edit and I just want to check that, that I haven't missed anything, um, are the AKG K702s. Have you tried those? Oh, yeah. Are they big round ones? That's a little bit like, more of their premium, a little bit premier range, yeah, premium yeah. range ones, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're really comfortable and they sound great. But they are open-backed, so I can't wear them in here. Yeah, because I, uh, I know the 240s, the K240s those from way good. back. Yeah, they sound really those good. Those are just classic AKG... They call them a semi-open headphone, but they're they're just you can't go wrong with those. But you may not be able to do a voice track, but you can certainly listen to and monitor on them. And they're just like you describe, Andrew. Very very comfortable, large ear cups, and they're they don't fit very tightly. Yeah, and they're just classics. They've been around forever. I mean, those AKG seven hundred twos are not cheap. No, they're not. What three four hundred bucks here, aren't they? No, more than that, I think. They're three fifty. They're they're three fifty US. US. Yeah. Um. I tried. I got to find the model, but I we we tried some other AKGs that I mentioned earlier. They just they did not match up to those. Um. They were they were definitely like like forty dollar headphones, you know. So not not a surprise. Headphones have gone completely berserk because there's so much personal listening nowadays, and so headphones have become way more like consumer oriented, and people. We'll, we'll pay for a lot of money for headphones that they wouldn't have paid before. I mean, just look at Beats. Um, you know, their cheapest ones are like over $200. And I, believe it or not, I read an article saying the packaging costs as much as the headphone. <laughs> yes, uh, that'd be right. In terms well, and, of parts. And AirPods are like not actually that great. But Oh, they're, they're not good at all. You know, the, the, the AKGs I was talking about are the K92s. So they're like $60 headphones, but... That forty dollar difference between the uh, Sony's and those, I think, is like rather have the Sony's personally. Yeah, all these AKGs they have a similar design. They all they're all loosely based on the two forty. They have that yep. nice big round ear cup, the big soft headband. You know that's super with, with the strap you know, super in the comfortable. Of it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So they've taken that design and just trickled it up and down their whole price range. So, you know, $50, $150, $350, they all have the same basic design. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is, like, someone could do perfectly fine with these K92s. I mean, as long as you're hearing what you want right. to hear. I think, I think one thing we haven't, we've talked about mixing and monitoring, but from a performance point of view, how does the headphone change? Like, I've seen some performers that literally take the headphones off every time they do a line, and then they put the headphones back on because they just don't like to hear themselves back in the headphones at all when yeah. they're performing. And then others 
like are really reading the microphone and the way they're playing their microphone from the feedback they get through the headphones. I think a lot has to do with their background. You know, Andrew, you come from broadcast. You've probably always had a pair of headphones on your head, right? Correct. That's why I'm probably deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whereas other voice actors come from a stage and theater and film background. So having a headphone is completely unnatural. And for them, it's a challenge to get there to do good acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have to do like one ear on, one ear off. And there goes your isolation. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I used to freelance at Foxtel, which is our pay uh, TV provider here in Australia. And one of the guys who did promos for the History Channel, um, an older gentleman, an older voiceover artist, um, doesn't like to hear himself at all. So I used to have to feed him basically a mix minus in his headphones, everything except him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to drop in, I would have to. I'd hold the talkback open so he could hear it off the studio monitors, and then when it got to the drop-in, take my finger off the talkback. Interesting, so, right. and that was how he did drop-ins and stuff. So, um, so yeah, but and and but perfect every time. So you know that was just clearly the way he preferred to work. Yeah, an actor, well, I guess. I was the doctor. The, yeah. Those actors who like to not hear themselves in the headphones. In a way, it's like, but you're standing in a big padded room, and you don't sound the same because. You're not hearing yourself bounce off the wall in a, in a normal acoustic environment that you're used to being in in a room. So there's, in a sense, very little feedback when you're standing in a dead studio with no headphones. Headphones, done and dusted. Headphones, clamp them on. I reckon the, the key is if you... <laughs> Turn them up to 11. Yeah, no, if you're getting into the business, I, my advice would be to buy one-cup headphones and then spend the first 20 years using your left ear. And when that one's shot... Uh, you just move over to your right here. <laughs> Extend your career the AP way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I will take this theory one step farther. Spend half your life in America in a sunny state driving with your window open. And then once your left ear is shot, move to Australia <laughs> and drive the over there with your there you window open. <laughs> Shoot your right ear. Nice. It's a great idea. Perfect. I like it. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. You look for trouble.